tuned in to The Keetra Show and listening to SOB, Style of Business, the podcast with your host, Keetra. We aim to highlight the ongoing trek of entrepreneurs and business owners from around the globe, featuring stories that recount their struggles, experiences, and inevitable road to success and self-fulfillment. Welcome to SOB. This podcast is being brought to you by my inspiring new book titled Courage is a Muscle, Using Heart to Power Your Entrepreneurial Dreams. You can grab your copy today on Amazon. Hey, what's up, y'all? Thanks for tuning in to another great episode of SOB Style of Business, the podcast. This is your host, Keetra, and today we have another wonderful guest on the line. I am visiting with Mrs. Cynthia Banks, who is the wonderful founder of Plant and Purpose. She is a certified personal life coach. And we definitely need some life coaching today. Uh, so, you know, I, I'm excited to have her uh, in this discussion. We're just basically talking about, you know, what a life coach does, what she specifically does, and how a life coach can potentially help you to elevate your life from one phase to the next. Um, I think it's definitely very important, especially now, uh, to have somebody that's going to, you know, give you some things to work with, tools, resources, and able to get you from point A to B and just kind of reignite that fire and passion and desire and all that stuff that kind of lies down beneath all of us who are trying to get this entrepreneurial journey, um, you know, up and going to the next level. Or, you know, maybe it's life, maybe it's relationships, maybe it's some other goal that you have. Uh, Long story short, I definitely think she's going to be able to be a wonderful contribution and asset to uh, what we're doing here with SOB. And so anyway, thankful to have come across her and, and to just have our own. So let me stop babbling. Miss Cynthia, drop that introduction for us. Let us know a little bit about your background, and we will roll this thing right through. Hi, Keisha. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me on my on your podcast today. You're doing some wonderful things and really reaching out to help a lot of people. So I want to express my gratitude for that first. And as far as my journey on the way to becoming a life coach, I always knew that I really liked encouraging people and I tend to be optimistic and I see potential in people. When I talk to people, especially so many African-American men and women, that we really are just right with potential, but there's so many things in our lives that kind of get in the way. The responsibility of raising families, taking care of children, taking care of parents, that we're taking care of so many people and we're dealing with stresses and strains of being African-American in a country that's not always so friendly to us. And so um, what I found is that it comes natural to me to listen, to encourage, and to see potential in it. And, And doing that, I really didn't know that it had a name. And then a couple years ago, I stumbled on the term coach. I'm like, I know I didn't want to be a psychologist or anything like that because I tend to do better with helping people who are, you know, healthy and, you know, just ready to move forward in their life. And when I came across the the term life coach, I instantly knew that was for me. I spent a lot of time going from one career path to another. I spent some time raising uh, three wonderful children. I have a wonderful husband. I spent some time doing that. And I would go from thing to thing because I really couldn't necessarily find that one thing. But the common thread was I always felt the best when I could be of service to somebody else, when I could encourage them and what I could and when I could help them to reach the next level. And so when 
I found about, out about coaching. I pursued it, got my certification. And then I said, you know what? I'm going to be the first person that I coach because you certainly can't take anywhere, anybody else right. to where, to somewhere you've not been. I found that I don't, I didn't come to this place of life coaching out of all the, you know, wonderful things that I've done right, but for some of the things that I've not done well, for things that I've been afraid of, yeah. for paths I've been afraid to take. So I didn't want to not have integrity. I certainly can't take anybody to somewhere that I've not been. And so because I have been on the journey, still consider myself to be on a journey, I like to facilitate other people along that path. And I'd like to see us all get there, you know, and just be able to be that, that you know, for, the next, for, the, for the people behind us. Exactly. Yeah. No, and that's certainly important is to have, you know, having that experience makes it easier to be able to help somebody else relate, you know, because a lot of times as I, I see so many people that are certified, quote unquote, life coaches. But when you kind of go back into the background, you really don't see where, you know, the history of, you know, some of the things that they are potentially or supposedly helping other people to achieve. So I don't know. I think that's, that's definitely a great point that you bring up is that in order for you to even help somebody, you have to have experienced or at least be, you know, where they are uh, to, to pull them up. So makes perfect sense. And, and definitely thank you for mentioning that. Um, but I, I want to get into the you have some wonderful, wonderful things that you discuss, like within your program. I know the work and vocation work versus vocation. Rather, you talk about uh, purpose and just kind of planning. And then you also, um, you know, help people different entrepreneurs as well. Like, is there, is there a specific, um, I guess what I'm asking is like, is there a specific type of person that you are looking to help as far as um, women are concerned? Cause I know you, you I'm not saying that you don't help men and other people, but I know that you specifically kind of specialize in helping uh, African-American women. You know, what's interesting about that is the people that I tend to work you know what? I really wouldn't say it's one type of person because I'll tell you a little bit about like I have millennial children and I've worked with them. I've worked with their friends and my kids have been a big encouragement to me as far as coaching because I would talk to their friends like when they graduated college and they were trying to figure out what to do next. And this whole, you know, nightmare of thinking that you're going to get this degree and you're going to just step off into this wonderful space. And it doesn't happen for so many young people now and not because of faults of their own. And so what I try to help them do is say, you know what, don't start out with necessarily what somebody taught thought told you that you should do don't go after things just because they're lucrative and you think you're going to make a lot of money i try to help them to take a journey into what what are you purposed for what things really ignite you what things really are you passionate about what things you know really make you angry that you just want to change yeah. what injustices do you see what 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 impact do you want to have on the world and then then there's a second group of people. And I have a niece that's in this phase, and that is that she's probably, you know, like in that early midlife phase where you're still raising your kids and you're all about being busy and you're still, you know, taking people here, you're taking people there. You're not really focused on your life, but you know something's missing, you know, and you know 
you're not really where you want to be. I, I like to call those people the people that need to be told, like on an airline, you need to put your own oxygen mask on first. <laughs> right. Yeah. Because you're trying to save everybody else and you can't breathe. Yeah. And then the last set are people like me, where, you know what, you really are at that second half and you're really thinking, okay, you know, the first half I kind of did the things that I thought I had to do. Now I want to do things that I felt like I was designed to do. And mm. so that's where we get in the difference between job and vocation. Like, I'll give you an example of, I think an example would probably make this the clearest. I remember watching this one young lady work. It was like a parenting um, organization, and I was volunteering with it. And it was a program for people that had preschoolers that were very, uh, that had behavioral issues. And I watched this young woman. She couldn't have been more than 30 if she was that. But I watched her work with those parents and those kids. And it was just... When I see anybody work in their vocation, it's like watching a really good concert or a really good musician. People function differently when they're working in their vocation. Yeah. And when it was all said and done and we were cleaning up and going home at the end of the day, I said, you're really passionate about this, aren't you? And she turned around and she stopped and she said, that's an odd question. Why do you ask that? I said, because when I see people work with passion, it looks different. I, and I've seen it a couple times in my life. I saw it with one of my our, our kids' preschool teachers. I saw it with one particular pediatrician that they had. There's a difference when you are working in your area of giftedness. I think it feels different. It looks different. I think other people notice it. I don't think people maybe stop to pay attention to it. But I think it's what draws people to other people. There's just a different feel when you're working in your vocation versus just working in a job, even if you're good at your job. Yeah. Because there's some things that I do, and I don't want to be immodest, but there's some things that I do well when people say, well, you should do this or do that. And I'm like, you know what? I'm not passionate about that. Everything that you may do well does not mean that you want to do it. Exactly. Preach on that one. <laughs> so just because you do it well does not mean that this is something that you want to do. And so when you say like a particular person, mm -hmm. it really is more like a particular life space or life transition more so than it is a particular person. I think it's people that know that there's a journey that they long to be on, but they just don't know how to get on it. And that's how, and that's, that was me. And that's who I'm passionate about because that was me. Um, oh, Okay, now see you 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 lit me up, Miss Cynthia, because uh, that that's <laughs> that's what I was trying to ask. I, I may not have phrased that question the way that I intended or, or what I was trying to convey, but what you explained to me is what I was trying to ask. Like not necessarily what type of people you work with, but that explanation of what the people that you look for and those people that you help the best. Um, that that was perfect, and pretty much that could be anybody. You know, we've all been. Um, in those different levels or spaces in our lives where we don't know what to do and things like that. Okay, so what you just explained makes perfect sense. And I initially wanted to get into some other things in regards to, you know, strategies and tips and tools. But before we even go there, I, I want to get into, you mentioned something about people's gifts. You mentioned um, that it's important that they work within those gifts and those vocations and you even being able to notice the difference, like how people work and flow differently. Tell me a little bit about what can be done to be able to flesh out those 
gifts that we have because sometimes people we don't you may not know you know you don't really know like you might have an indication of what you enjoy but unless somebody tells you like hey you're really good at this you might you might need to try it or whatever some people need encouragement what is how how do we find that because you still hear people hear people talking about how do I find my purpose or the gift you know what, and I'm glad you asked that because a part of what I do that's a little bit different than some things that other coaches do is I actually do assessments with people. Not that you take this test and there's a right or wrong, but it really are things that help you to really do some introspection. Because I think that living life, a lot of times we do um, lose like more authentic portions of ourselves just because life gets in the way. And so we start to do what's practical or we start following the crowd. So what big part of what I do is assessments and in doing these assessments, it helps people to sit down and really think about, you know, first of all, does this assessment, did did the things, because typically they're really good tools and they really do help you to really hone in. But I ask people, does this, is this you? And if they say, yes, this is me. And I say, why, you know, what, what, what things in there stand out in, in that about you that say, this is me. And if they say, no, I said, why do you say so? The same question, what things in that assessment are not like you? And so we talk about that. And so we have tools that really help them to think through themselves. Like you very seldom sit down and really introspectively think about yourself. It causes people to do a lot of self-reflection. Like for coaching, coaches don't give advice and tell people what to do. I mean, the answers are within you. What we do as coaches is that we ask you the kinds of questions that help you to give yourself the answers that you need. I don't know the best answers for your life. I'm still figuring out the best answers for my life, but I know some pretty darn good questions to ask you to help you to get there. And so it's through, it's a journey. And that's why you hear me use that term so much, because it's a journey of, of introspection and reflection and getting back to your real self that, you know what, there's no pretenses, there's no judgment in this to help you to really sit down and think about what you're gifted at. When you were a kid, what is it that you wanted to do before everybody told you that was a bad idea or before everybody told you that's not lucrative or before everybody told you you weren't talented enough to do that? Get, get To get back to that real authentic self and then to really not let that authentic that authentic self go again and to help you to stay true to help you to work with you that when you you know as you're figuring that out because inevitably people do and it's a joyous thing to watch when you watch people blossom and bloom but it is to walk beside you and ask you how do you need me to hold you accountable what kind of things can I help you do that keep you on track to reach the goals that you set for yourself. And that's what I like to do. Like, I mean, we're really a team that we really are a team. And you know what? Very rarely are you going to find a team that somebody's sole function is to help you to get to where you need to be without their own baggage getting in the way of that, that it really is about you and your journey. So I think that it's, you know, if I've done what I do well, then I'm helping you to see yourself and to cherish yourself and to determine that I'm not going to let anybody make me let go of my dream and my destiny ever again. I'm going to stay true to this and I'm going to reach that. Exactly. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's definitely powerful. I want to like, what what do you think are some of the key factors that hold people back? Like if you had to 
put out maybe two or three different key factors that hold people back from taking a step of faith and pursuing whatever it is that they really want to pursue, what what would those three, three things be? Okay, well, you know what, for a bit of honesty here, I'll start with myself. And I'll tell you the first thing for me was fear. It took a long time for me to realize that I was afraid of, and this happens to a lot of African-American women, we're really afraid of letting our light shine as brightly as it can because it's intimidating to people. Or you feel like, you know, it's selfish to put yourself first. It's not Christian to put yourself ahead of other people. Well, not necessarily ahead of other people, but just make yourself a priority that we shouldn't do that. So for me, it was fear. And I think it was probably more fear of being successful than being a failure. Mm. You know, but for some people, it's, you know, more of being a failure. I don't want, you know, people to, you know, see me not succeed. So I would say probably fear is at the top of most people's list. I think lack of faith is probably the second thing that I don't think I can. I'm not smart enough. I'm not talented enough. You know, I'm not, you know, that person, yeah, that person can do a business, but I couldn't do that. That person can, you know, be a musician or whatever, but I could never do that. So I think the second one is, uh, is, is, is a lack of faith. And the third one that is not going to be popular to say, and that is who you allow to be voices in your life. Are you surrounding yourself with people that encourage you? Mm -hmm. Or are you surrounding yourself with people that discourage you? Because that makes a huge amount of difference. Sometimes when I've worked with people or talked to people, it's the first time that they have had a solid chunk of encouragement or people telling them that you can do this, that, 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 that you do have this. And that, you know what, if there's things that realistically you don't have, then how do you strategize to get those things? Because some things you are going to have to do some some heavy lifting to get, but it's still possible for you that there's never a point that you can't, that this isn't possible. Sometimes you have to do some extra things to make things happen. But I think that those three things, I think fear, lack of faith, and who you're and, 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 and what voices you allow in your life are the things that are impediments to a whole lot of people. And I think that when you see those things, I don't think you can speak to, for lack of a better word, an enemy that you can't name. Yeah. So I think being able to name those helps you to think through, you know what, what do I need to do to, to calm those voices in my head and make them go away? What kind of things can I say to that? Or when it comes up, I just give it a name and just discard it, you know? And so I think that's very helpful to people because, you know, in this, in this self-reflection and introspection that I talk about, it really helps people to really look at the environment that they're in. If you're in a, a gardener, then you're trying to plant the best soil. You're trying to give yourself the best dirt, trying to do, yeah. you need to do those same things for your life. Wow. You have to cultivate your life. You have to cultivate. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree on that one. Um, and that that actually brings me to I, I came up with a question for you. And this is something that I, I'm interested to not interested, but I know that you'll be able to kind of put this in a way to where we can understand the difference. Because there's one thing when you plan versus you just kind of go about one day to the next day. Like, you don't, there's no plan for your life is basically what I'm saying. You don't have a plan. Mm-hmm. You don't have, um, maybe you have some goals, but you're not, you haven't solidified the goals. So what is your take on being, planning on purpose? So what I'm asking is how do we, how do we plan to be on purpose 
or if that makes sense. And I think it does. It makes total sense. And, and, and I'll tell you, I think one of the major things is that we really don't make our goals measurable. They're very vague and they're very, you know, I think the first thing that you need to do is you really need to talk about backward design in your life. Where do you want to be? That's where you need to start. Where, where, where do I want to end up? What do I want to be doing? When all this is said and done, what, will, what, what, what does it look like? And once I have a clear picture of that in my head, and that's what I help people do when, they're coaching, when I'm coaching with them, that you really need to know where you want to go. Once you know where you want to go, you really need to, to set very, very measurable goals that have a time on them. You know, it's okay. Maybe maybe you don't make that exact time frame, but you need to set that because you really need to have measurable um, measurable milestones in your life to make progress. You have to break those goals down into small, doable chunks so you can so you can reach them, so you can check them off your list. That you really know that I'm working towards this or I'm not working towards this, but they really have to be. They re- you really have to know where you want to go tightly know where you want to go and then you have to design a path to get there that 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 makes you accountable it has to be measurable i have to know whether i succeeded or not it can't be vague it's got to be measurable either did it or i did not and i did it or i i did it or i didn't do it by blah 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 and at what level you know what do i need to do i you know did i just do do that at the beginning. What level do I want to do it at? A beginner level, an intermediate yeah. level, an advanced level? You know, you really need to make it, break it down in a chunk so it's not overwhelming and that it's realistic. That it really, that those goals really fit in your life. If you're telling yourself, if you work 40 hours a week and you're raising a young family, to say I'm going to spend 30 hours a week doing A, B, or C is probably not realistic for you. Yeah. So even though it's measurable and you put a time frame on it, it's not really realistic for you. So maybe if you said five hours or, you know, maybe 10 hours, it depends on, you know, you being able to free up time, then is it to make it realistic too. That I think it has to be measurable, it has to have a time frame on it, and it has to be realistic for your life. And I think that people can see themselves make progress. That when you see that you are doing this and you are getting from point A to point B, I think that that really gives you a lot of encouragement and a lot of motivation to keep going. And that's the thing to make people feel empowered, to give them successes like right off the bat that you're starting to create goals that you see, well, yeah, I I really can do this. This is not a Pollyanna view of things that I can really do that. I used to think a lot in terms of all or nothing. I wrote a blog post about that. Instead of, you know, (laughs) instead of it being all or nothing, it's not all or nothing. Yeah. Yeah, it's not. That's just a mindset. Like if I am on a diet and I get up and I eat a cake for breakfast, then the rest of the day I'm just going to eat whatever I want because I ate the cake. Well, I don't have to do that. I could eat the cake, then I could have a salad for lunch. And then I could be good for dinner. It's not a lost cause just because I blew a portion of it. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. And that's that's what I'm thinking. That's what I'm thinking. I love that all or nothing approach. Where do we even get that? Like you got to be all in, (laughs) all out. You know, I don't know. <laughs> like it reminds me of like being in elementary school and your friend is mad at your other friend and you got to pick. They want you to pick sides and you like, why can't I just be 
you know, friends with everybody. That's kind of, I don't get that, like all or nothing. But yeah, I did read that. I, I was like, okay, I, I love the fact that you're talking about, uh, it reminds me of, you can kind of have your cake and eat it too, which, you know, that, <laughs> that makes sense. You can, you can, you can have your cake and, and, you know, you're not all done for just because you, you know, took a couple of steps in a different direction. Um, Miss Cynthia, exactly. let me, um, I want you to give us some, a, a couple of your core services, because there may be someone who's interested in reaching out for a consultation or learning a little bit more about planned and purpose. But like if somewhere, someone, someone was interested in, in reaching out, like how, how do you get started with, with your organization? Okay. I have a website called plannedandpurposed.com. Um, it's planned, P-L-A-N-N-E-D-A-N-D, P-U-R-P-O-S-E-D, plannedandpurpose.com. And all of my contact information is on the website. That's probably the best way to get a feel for who I am and what I do. And a big part of what I do is to, the, 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 the first sessions are to help people see, understand, and get to know who they are. That's mm-hmm. the first part. Once we've done that, the second part is going to be thinking through your vision for your life, your vocation, to really hone in on those things when you ask, how do people get back to knowing what their dreams and what their ambitions are? That part, that that, that second phase is to help you figure it out. The third phase is what we talked about last, and that is helping you get there, to help you to strategize and to plan and to set goals that hold you accountable and to help you get there. So it's kind of like a, a segmented approach to because I think it's 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 a pretty it's a pretty comprehensive process and I think it's a process that you just have to trust as you walk along it and it's a journey. Yeah. Because I think it takes a lot for people to get to know who they are outside of being told who they are. Then it takes a part to get back to dreams that, you know, maybe got deferred or got crushed or, you know, you just didn't feel like they were realistic. So that's a part of it in itself. And the last part to really do it is, is, is daunting to some people. It's scary. It's, 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 you know, it's scary. It's exciting. It's a lot of different things. And I think it's, you know, it requires, you know, a lot of support, a lot of encouragement and a lot of nurturing. So I really have a three pronged approach to working with people that I find really, really, really works for them. I, uh, I feel immensely blessed to be able to do this kind of work. I feel like it's what I was created to do. Mm-hmm. I think that it's taken me, you know, a while to, to embrace this. You know, I just, and now I totally embrace it and I get so much joy from doing this. I can't tell you how much joy and reward that I get from helping other people be all that they can be. I just feel like even as even as a people that, you know, my daughters asked me one time, you know, who 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 would who who is a a role model or a mentor for you? And I'm like, doesn't that sound kind of crazy? Yeah. But I would say Harriet Tubman. Yeah. And do you know why I say Harriet Tubman? Because she kept going back. Mm. How many people when they get to where they are, do they go back? She kept going back. And that's the thing that just astounds me and the beauty in a soul that wants to keep going back because she wanted everybody to taste the same freedom that she had. And she wasn't content being free on her own. She wanted as many people that could be free to be free as possible. And that's beautiful to me. And that's what I just love about her. 
<laughs> Absolutely. It definitely is beautiful. And I love that people like you are in the business of people because it definitely takes, you know, people who have that sort of ability. You know, you have to be able to reach people. And even like through the this interview, this I think this has been very powerful because some of the things you've said have kind of resonated with me. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's, you know, definitely that. So we are truly appreciative of you, Miss Cynthia. And before you go, I know we're getting ready to wrap up. Leave us with some words of encouragement. Maybe there's somebody who's listening who is scared to take that first step of faith. Give us a couple of words. Okay, I would have to say, because I'm a woman, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Christian woman, I'm a woman of faith, and I would have to tell you that if you're hearing this podcast, it was not by accident, that there's a plan and a purpose for your life, that you were born for a reason, that even though it's a pandemic and we're going through all of this, you still have gifts that you were created with, that you are planned and purposed to give to the world, and only you can give the gifts that you were born to give. And if you don't give your gift, you're going to be depriving the world of the gift that's you. So not only do you owe it to yourself, you owe it to other people that their plan and their purpose depends on your plan and purpose. So we all have to encourage each other. We all have to work within our gift things. We all have to be compassionate and care about other people. And you have to believe that you can do this, that you were designed to do this. You just have to trust that that's the case. You have to quiet the voices in your head and you have to dare to to dare to walk forward, even though it may be scary. You have to dare to do this because it is within you to be successful. You were destined for this. Destined for success. Love it, Miss Cynthia. All right, guys, Mrs. Cynthia Banks, certified personal life coach at Planned and Purpose. Miss Cynthia, let us know one more time that website address before we get ready to wrap up. The website is called plannedandpurposed.com. And teachers, thank you so much for having me on today. You know what? You're doing beautiful work, and I wish you all the best. I wish you much success, and I look forward to reading about you in Eat Magazine. (laughs) (laughs) There we go. All right, Miss Cynthia. I appreciate you putting it out to the universe. We'll see what happens. I, I thank you so much. You're a great guest. You have a good rest of the day. Thanks for hanging out with us here on SOB. We hope this episode has been resourceful. If you'd like to check out the latest articles or follow Keetra's website updates, just log on to Keetra.com or follow her on Twitter at K-E-E-T-R-I-A.